Analyzing the Facebook breach, can we expect an October cybersecurity surprise before the midterms? And the cost of Boopers patient data exfiltration. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. Last Friday, news broke of the Facebook breach of some 50 million accounts. A week on, Matthew Schwartz, ISMG's executive editor of Data Breach Today and Europe, provides a breakdown of the events that have followed. Here's Matt. Facebook has disclosed that it suffered a massive breach affecting at least 50 million accounts. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg last week issued the first public warning of the attack, just days after Facebook first detected it. Here's Guy Rosen, Facebook's vice president of product management, last week describing what happened. On Tuesday, we found that an attack was taking place against users on Facebook. By Thursday, we had already fixed the issue and we were protecting the security of people's accounts by logging them out of Facebook. Facebook says that up to 4% of its global user base may have been affected. So far, however, it's not clear if attackers were focusing on any given geography. So 50 million people were affected by this attack. Additionally, we have also taken precautionary measures of logging out an additional 40 million people who interacted with a part of our product where that vulnerability existed. All of those people will have to log back into Facebook, and we're doing that in order to protect the security of people's accounts. Aviva Leighton, vice president at Gartner Research, says the Facebook data was likely targeted by an intelligence agency seeking to build out its population maps for citizenry of various countries. Facebook has promised to issue more breach details as quickly as possible. The Wall Street Journal this week reports that Facebook officials, in an effort to mitigate potential political fallout from the breach, have already been on Capitol Hill to brief lawmakers. On Wednesday, meanwhile, Ireland's Data Protection Commission, which enforces the EU's General Data Protection Regulation in Ireland, said it had launched a formal inquiry into the breach. Facebook, which has its European headquarters in Dublin, notified the DPC within 72 hours of the breach, as it is required to do under GDPR. Whoever hacked Facebook successfully executed a sophisticated attack that managed to target three separate bugs in a privacy feature, allowing the attackers to build a working exploit that facilitated the theft of at least 50 million users' access tokens. These tokens provide access to the user's account, as well as any other service that connects with Facebook Login, which is the company's social single sign-on system. Numerous sites allow such logins, ranging from Airbnb and Expedia to Spotify and Tinder. Facebook says that by revoking victims' access tokens, it means attackers cannot use them to access victims' third-party accounts via Facebook login. Facebook also says that at least to date, it's not seen any signs that attackers have exploited the tokens in this manner. But there's a big picture catch here. Facebook says that not all developers follow its guidelines, and Facebook also admits that it does not enforce compliance with its developer guidelines. As a result, although Facebook has invalidated the tokens and said that they should be revoked, there are an unknown number of third-party apps that will not automatically honor these revocation requests, meaning attackers could still use the access tokens to access these third-party accounts. Clearly, Facebook's single sign-on system is designed to connect its users with myriad other services. 
Facebook, however, has neglected to put in place a mechanism that can reliably protect users in the event of an access token breach, or if the user should suffer a phishing attack that steals their access token. Such attacks have been seen in the past. So as Facebook seeks to recover from this breach, clearly, if it is going to continue to offer single sign-on, it had also better guarantee that it can provide single sign-off. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. As referenced in the previous article, some security analysts believe the culprits behind the Facebook data breach were state-sponsored. I had the opportunity this week to interview former Department of Homeland Security Undersecretary Suzanne Spaulding, who experienced first-hand election interference in 2016. I asked her whether we can expect an October cybersecurity surprise. Here's her response. Uh, If we were prudent, we'd assume that we're going to see a lot of activity around the midterm elections. Um, and again, there are you know, any number of adversary states that would like to see kind of chaos and confusion in the United States uh, as they pursue their strategic objectives around the world. Um, we know that you know, Russia's, uh, we saw what they did in 2016. We know they are still here. They never left. It's not a question of they'll be back. They, they never left. Uh, and they're attacking other democratic institutions as well. And, uh, and, and, um, and we should assume that they are right now attempting to influence the outcome of the midterm elections um, or at a minimum to you know, create, again, some chaos and confusion around the legitimacy of the outcome. Finally, UK healthcare insurer Bupa has been fined by the Information Commissioner's Office for a rogue employee that exfiltrated over half a million patient records. Here's Jeremy Kirk. ISMG's managing editor, security and technology, with the details. The UK's data protection regulator has fined Bupa Insurance Services £175,000 for failing to stop an employee from stealing 547,000 customer records. The data was later offered for sale on the dark web. The Information Commissioner's Office didn't hold back in its criticism of Bupa. The ICO says that three months after the incident was discovered, Bupa had still failed to ensure that rogue employees couldn't steal data. The records were extracted from Bupa's customer relationship management system, dubbed SWAN, which contained 1.5 million records. The ICO found that Bupa violated elements of the UK's Data Protection Act 1988. The customer data taken included names, birth dates, nationalities, policy-related information, email addresses, phone, and fax numbers. However, no medical data was taken. Bupa learned that the records were for sale from a partner who saw an advertisement on the Alpha Bay. The Alpha Bay was an online marketplace for a variety of illegal goods, from fake IDs to stolen data to drugs. The site was taken offline in early early July 2017 after a joint law enforcement action. The ICO says a sample of the data obtained by Bupa was identical to that held in SWAN. The rogue employee who is referred to as AA had access to SWAN. The employee was part of a team that had sweeping access to the database and could run reports without restriction. The team was comprised of 20 people, but the ICO found that more than 1,300 other people had access to SWAN. 
The ICO says that Bupa erred by giving so many people access to large volumes of data. Bupa also failed at logging. The ICO says the company didn't monitor its logs, which made it unable to detect suspicious activity. Also, Bupa was unaware that its logging system had a defect that resulted in certain reports not being logged and others inaccurately. As part of the agreement with the ICO, Bupa will participate in an annual audit program. It has also implemented measures to prevent further incidents. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time. Thank you.